All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Welcome, one and all, to round one. Round one of the, the social, social game. The social game. This is the game, and we are here to play. Yes. My name is Jake. This My is name is Danny. Danny. How are you, Danny? I'm doing well. How are you? I am phenomenal. Good. I'm in a good. I'm in a great mood. Yeah. It's an exciting time. We've had a lot of time to brainstorm, put yeah. this podcast together. We're looking forward to getting it out there. Yeah. And if you just so happen to be listening, we thank you yes. and we love you so much. Thank you very much. We've been we've been wanting to do this for a while, so we're yes. super stoked to get started. Absolutely, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and begin by. Doing a little get to know you, um, so you can know a little bit more about us, um, see how you're going to fall in love with us, <laughs> and everything like that. So I'll start. My name is Jake. I'm 25 years old. I am living in Clover, South Carolina. I'm studying mass communication at Winthrop University, hence why I'm really into podcast and radio stuff, because that's kind of what I want to do after I get my degree. And um, some things I'm really into, I mean, I love music, movies, and TV shows, but then again, who doesn't? <laughs> um, I really, like, my favorite movie would have to be John Singleton's Boys in the Hood. Um, I also really like the Godfather movies by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, any movie by the Coen Brothers, I love the Coen Brothers. They're amazing filmmakers, and any Scorsese film as well is really good. Um I'm also a huge, uh, something Danny and I have in common, among the many things we have in common, <laughs> we are huge, huge Survivor fans. Yeah. Uh, we love the show. We cried when it got taken off the fall schedule. Yes. We're, we just <laughs> came off an amazing season at Winners at War, which had an amazing run from beginning to end, and uh, we were so hyped for the next season, yeah. a season we will not get for now. But, we'll get it eventually. Yeah, it's just tough, you know, being without it and everything. Exactly. And I'm also, something you must know about me, I am a huge Disney fan. And Danny can tell just by the t-shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> um, I grew up on the Walt Disney Masterpiece Collection. I grew up going, I'm from Florida, so I grew up going to Disney World every single year. It's been several years since I was last there, and that makes me sad. Um, so I'm always, I'm always counting down to my next Disney vacation. Um, and I'm always looking for a good Disney movie or TV show to stream and everything. So, and, and, and I meant to tell you, I will be restarting my Disney plus subscription in the near future. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I'm also, um, we're not going to talk about it a whole lot here, but, um, I am a big sports fan. Like I love football, hockey, NASCAR, Next Martial Arts, Pro Wrestling, those are some of the things that I'm really into. We won't talk about that too much, but I figured you might as well know that anyway because you're probably going to end up stalking me down the line. So I'll go ahead and put that out there right now. Um, yeah, I can't really I can't really think of anything else to talk about with me, so let's turn it over to Danny. Here's your chance to get to know her. Okay, hi. My name is Danny. I'm 22. And I just graduated college with a degree in theater and a minor in German. And I love a lot of things. Um, like Jacob said, we both really, really love Survivor. 
Um, that's kind of what prompted the idea for this podcast. It was both of us just talking about Survivor for a really long time together. I love reality TV in general, honestly. I just recently, during quarantine, watched every single season of America's Next Top Model that was on Hulu. So I only have seasons 23 and 24 to watch, but I don't know where to find them. So if you know, please tell me. Um, but yeah, I really like Disney as well. I love 101 Dalmatians. Actually, when I was when I was about two or three, I think. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. My entire life, really, <laughs> I just remembered my baby blanket was a 101 Dalmatians blanket. I've been obsessed with them. Um, I had Dalmatian comforter sheets, pillowcases, underwear, bathing suits, clothes, all the toys. Um, I even bought a pair of sneakers as a kid once because the box had a Dalmatian on it. Um, so obsessed a little bit. They're still my favorite breed of dog, and I love them a lot. But unfortunately, I do not own one. One day I will. That is a dream of mine. Another dream of mine is to be on Survivor. And another dream of mine is to um, travel the world. I yep. want to visit everywhere. I'm hoping to move internationally rather soon but we'll see what happens with that yeah this day and age <laughs> it's gonna get interesting this podcast just may become intercontinental it might so yeah let you get some skype type stuff hmm? yeah we'll make it work yeah we'll make it work exactly yeah but um anyway as you've heard from both of us we're super excited to be doing this we're super excited to come together and become america's favorite nerds <laughs> um if you're listening to this and you're going to tell your friends, um, if you post to social media, we ask you to use the hashtags the social game and America, hashtag America's favorite nerds because that's who we are. We are nerds and we are very proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we may have moments, um, not only today, but in future episodes where we will spaz out over <laughs> things a lot. Yeah. Uh, but we imagine you will probably spaz out just as much as we will. So we're gonna we're gonna work with it. We're gonna have a lot of fun as we get through this podcast. Yeah, and kind of talking about what what the what we will be talking about with the podcast. Um, we like I said, it kind of started out with Survivor, and we definitely want to talk about Survivor. But unfortunately, as there is no season right now, it's kind of hard to talk about it. So. Um, we're going to talk not only about Survivor, but also about Disney, about movies, about video games, kind of just anything and everything geeky and nerdy and that we are interested in and hopefully that you guys are also interested in. So if you yeah. have anything you want us to talk about, you could let us know. But um, we, yeah, we're going to be hitting on a lot of stuff and it's going to be super fun. I'm excited. Yeah, and stay tuned for more updates as we get this podcast off the ground. We'll eventually be coming out with information on where you can find us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at getting set up on Spotify, Apple Music, maybe Stitcher and TuneIn Radio, among other devices. Yes. But um, you are welcome to follow us on social media. We are both very active on Instagram. Yes. And, um, I we, have, I'm pretty active on Twitter, too. Yeah, she's more active on Twitter than I am. Um <laughs> We are both on Facebook, but we don't recommend that you add us. Please no, I never get on there. <laughs> yeah, um, if you become our, if you become my friend, then I will add you. Cool. But yeah, I'm. 
Anyway, I'm super excited to get into today's show. Uh, before we get started with our spiels uh, for this first episode, we would like to say that this episode will be dedicated to the memory of the great Chadwick Boseman, yes. um, who lost his life to colon cancer just a mere mm-hmm. few short days ago. It devastated a lot of us. Yes. I cried in the car on my way home from work Saturday night. Um, but yeah, everybody's already talking about you know the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe following the death of Chadwick, and also what's next concerning Black Panther Two. Keep in mind, Black Panther Two was announced um, a couple years ago at D twenty three, the legendary uh, convention of Dis Nerds that takes place in California mm-hmm. every other year. But they were already hyping up Black Panther Two. As far as filming goes, I don't know if any got done, but now it's left the state of the movie extremely uncertain. And there's a heated debate going on social media right now about who will be the next Black Panther. There's already... I shared a meme on Facebook last night about a theory that maybe they'll use uh, the Time Stone from the Infinity Gauntlet to bring back Killmonger and let him be the new Black Panther. Although many are claiming that it should go to Shuri, since yeah. she was the one who became the Black Panther in the comics. What do you think? I think it should also go to Shuri, personally. Um, or they find a graceful and kind way to retire the character in respect. I don't know, I'm sure Chadwick probably talked with producers and directors about the future before he passed. Yep. Um, and just, just if you've been thinking about it, you know, it would never hurt to go get checked um, and remember to take care of yourself. Because yes. cancer can sneak up on anybody, unfortunately. Um, none of us are exempt from that as a possibility. So please make sure that you are staying healthy and taking care of yourself and going to the doctor enough. But yeah. Yep. Steve Crump, uh, my colleague from my WBTV days, uh, mm-hmm. he'll be doing a feature story on colorectal cancer um, this week. He himself is a patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in and out of treatment for the last couple of years, uh, but he's doing great. He's looking good, um, and he'll be doing this feature story um, in the wake of losing Chadwick Boseman. Yes. So um, tune into WBTV sometime this week if you can. Uh, check that out. It'll be a great story. Um, you'll be glad you did. Um, it's Steve Crump always does a phenomenal job. He's one of the most uh, well-respected and admired journalists journalists in maybe all of the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Really smart guy. Um, got he has a very powerful story about you know how he himself is battling colorectal cancer that I think everybody should hear. Mm. I'm sure it'll be good to listen to. Yeah. Slash read. Yep. Um, and all the tributes have poured out all over social media. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first came across it, I had to fact check and see if it was actually true. I didn't know if I could believe it. I didn't want to believe it, but it happened, and it broke me. It really broke me. And so the MCU, it's going to be interesting to watch the MCU going forward, um, Mm -hmm. what they do with the Black Panther character, and, you know, obviously what they, as I said, what they do with Black Panther 2, and also the other installments that, probably we were going to see Black Panther in. Yeah. Um, so um, the MCU is already going to have a fairly interesting year anyway. I mean, we were talking about it on the way here. Black Panther is supposed to come out. I mean, Black, Black, Widow. Black Widow. I'm sorry. 
uh, Black Widow, um, the long-awaited, somewhat of a biopic of the character played yes. by Scarlett Johansson. Um, Loved Black Widow. Yeah. I wonder how she's going to be wearing her hair in this one. I know. It's always changing. In the trailer, it was red and blonde. Hmm. Interesting. Right? I think I don't remember. It's been a long time since I watched the trailer. But hopefully the they release it sooner rather than later because I really want to see it. I want to see it too. I was I was hyped for that movie. I know. Um, well, because like it came out like the day before my college graduation or whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna graduate college and I'm gonna go see it. And then you know, obviously plans changed. Yeah, COVID so, got involved. Yeah. That's crippling our existence. Uh, yeah. But things are slowly starting to get better. Uh, Real Cinemas over on Rock Hill is opening up again yeah. soon. So hopefully we're going to go out there and go see some movies. Mm -hmm. And it'll open up some movie discussions for the show yeah. down the line. Uh, we look forward to that. Um, and also, you know, talking about things going on in the world of music. It's mm -hmm. ever-changing. Some bands have gotten rather bold lately and are starting to host some concerts. Ooh, uh, spicy. Yeah. It was actually just a few short weeks ago, uh, Chris Jericho's band, Fozzie, did a concert in North Dakota, and there were thousands of fans there, very few face masks being worn. Oh, boy. But um, from what I've heard, there were no positive COVID tests. That's good. I mean, as long as everybody in general has been being safe and, you know, taking care, quarantining, all that stuff, then I don't see why not. But it's it's crazy how quickly everything can just spike back up. Yep. It's, it's scary, but hopefully yep. the vaccine will come out and everything will calm down some. Yeah, I hope everything calms down, too. Um, you know, Charlotte was going to be in particular home to a lot of huge concerts mm -hmm. this year. Of course, the big announcement at the beginning of the year was that um, all the great bands of the 70s and 80s, like Def Leppard, Poison, Motley Crue, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, were mm -hmm. going on a massive stadium tour mm -hmm. that was going to last like a year and a half. And the tour had to be postponed because of COVID. My Chemical Romance was supposed to come back together. Yep. And then... <laughs> they had actually <laughs> played... They had played a few shows uh, yeah. on the West Coast, and each show sold out. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a reunion, I think. More people have oh, waited yeah. for than anything. I think most young adults are repressed Tumblr tweens still. Yes. So, <laughs> My Chemical Romance is uh, very much beloved. Yeah. See, I was never into the Tumblr thing. Uh, see, I was on Tumblr, but I never listened to emo music. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to, like... No, that's Folk the thing. Stuff. If people listen on people who are on Tumblr, they listen to emo music exactly. like nine point five times out of ten. Exactly. Uh, but I, I'll admit, when I was sixteen, I fell into that trap. Like I was dialing up bands like Ashley Alexandria and Bring Me the Horizon, Attack Attack. Um, when I was sixteen, I listened to like Celtic Woman. <laughs> that was like, like traditional Scottish music. Yeah, another thing to know about Weird Danny and I, kid. we had two completely different <laughs> upbringings, and we have two totally different approaches to life. Yes. Yeah. Which will it's make fun. this podcast very interesting. Exactly. For us and for you guys. Exactly. Yeah. So we're very excited about everything going on, yeah. and also, you know, the world of TV is changing a lot because. 
Well, for one thing, it's been a blessing in my DVR because I've been able to add so many awesome movies to it. Um, but, you know, there's we talked about Survivor take, being taken off CBS's fall schedule. You know, production of TV shows have almost halted mm-hmm. pretty much. And especially for the streaming services, they can't push out new episodes as fast as they would like no. to. Uh, so Except for Big Brother. Yeah, Big Brother. <laughs> Which um, I haven't watched. I need to keep meaning to watch it. But I've never seen that. And Big Brother's making a comeback. Yeah. Uh, can't really... Uh, my aunt is obsessed with that show. <laughs> she loves Big Brother. Uh, I had a friend of mine at WBTV that was really into it, too. Mm. I, I didn't mind Big Brother, but um, I never really... I guess I never really appreciated it mm. on the level of Survivor. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, The Amazing Grace. Yeah. Survivor and The Amazing Race, I think, the reason what makes them work is that they pack so much more intensity than Big Mm. Brother. See, I, when I was a kid, I watched Amazing Race and Survivor, but, like, I stopped to watch it, at some point I stopped watching Amazing Race, and I don't know when, but I haven't seen it since, so I need to pick it back up. But, like, Survivor just has that, like, I don't know, that pull, that that mystique, that, oh my gosh, they're outside... Yeah. What are they going to do? And, like, Big Brother, it's like, okay, they're in a house. But, like, now that I'm older, I can appreciate that a lot more. When I was, you know, eight or nine, I was like, I can sit in my own house and play games, you know, whatever. But but now that I sit in my house as a lifestyle, <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate seeing other people live in their houses. I said that sentence like four times the same. Yeah, I get that standpoint. (laughs) And I think the reason why Survivor, you know, still is on the air like 20 years later is because, you know, it's still a great concept. Oh, yeah. You know, take a bunch of strangers, leave them on an island for 39 days, leave them to carve out a new Mm -hmm. existence, battling the elements and each other. Yeah, and I think think something really interesting about Survivor is that in a way it'll never get old because you always have – modern people on the island and philosophy and the way of thinking and culture changes so much that the game will always be interesting because you will always have people with a different approach to the game playing it and and I think it really lends itself for for self-innovation and Jeff is also great at throwing new twists and curveballs and you know whatnot into the show to keep it fresh but but I think society itself does a good job of keeping the game fresh, too. Yeah. And talking about those twists that keep getting thrown out yeah. there. Some of them are good. Yeah. Others just look <laughs> yeah. good on paper. Uh, Redemption Island. Oh, well, yeah, uh, totally. Because, I mean, like, you can come up with an idea and have all these thoughts. And like, oh, this and this and this could happen. And then somebody who thinks completely differently gets out there and just wrecks all your plans. It beats the system in 20 yep. minutes. Well, yeah. I think that's what separate to me. That's what separates Exile Island from Redemption Island. Mm. The reason why Exile Island always works is because you know you're out of the game basically for like a day or two, but you're still in it. Like you're just yeah. away from all the action. Exactly. And so it leaves you in a state of confusion. Like what's going on? Exactly. Like has anything changed within my alliance, or did yeah. anybody else find any? idols or anything. You don't know what's going on at camp. Exactly. That's what I think makes Exile Island work 
and why Redemption Island doesn't work is because, well, it's kind of similar to what Dalton Ross said about it, is that it's, it kind of eliminates the power of the vote. Exactly, exactly. And, like, I I think the one twist they did, I don't remember what it was, Was it, it wasn't Cook Islands, I don't think, maybe it was, though, where they made, like, another tribe out of the eliminated members and brought them back. Oh, am I just th- making that up? No, you're thinking of uh, Survivor Pearl Islands. Pearl Islands. Yeah, that yes, was yes, 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 yes. That was the famed uh, outcast twist. The outcast they called twist. it. It was the first six uh, castaways that had been voted out, mm. and they formed a new tribe. And the the philosophy behind all that was is that they had a chance to earn their way back into the game. So what would happen was mm-hmm. the challenge was gonna it was between the three tribes, and it would go down one of three ways. If the outcasts finished in first, then uh, Drake and Morgan, the two tribes, would go to tribal council and vote somebody out. And the outcasts would have a separate tribal council where they would vote two of their own members back into the game. However, if one of the two tribes finished in front of the outcasts, then the tribe that finished last would vote somebody out, and then the outcasts could only vote one of their team members back into the game. Uh, if both tribes beat the outcasts, then the outcast time in the game was yeah. over. That's so, interesting. That's kind of a reason why the outcast was low-key worked, is because yeah. the out- outcasts did end up winning the challenge. However, if I may digress, they had an advantage. They had been living at Ponderosa. They had uh. been getting their three squares. So obviously they had a little more energy than Drake and Morgan did at the challenge. Exactly. No, I think that'd be an interesting twist for them to bring back because it's been so long. Because they never did that one a second time. No, they didn't. And the re- and if they, but if they kept them out of Ponderosa, gave them their own beach, you know, made yeah. them still survive. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think the reason Jeff Probst is kind of hesitant to bring that twist back is because it kind of marked the end of the game for certain castaways. Yeah. Because not long after the outcast twist happened, um, you know, they went to their tribal councils, and then after that, they merged. And then, who was the first boot of the merge? Yeah. Andrew Savage. Yeah. Well, well Savage. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff Probst. And about too. <laughs> I mean, some people are on the fence about Savage, but Jeff Probst really likes Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he is an interesting player at the very yeah. least. And so, Jeff's way of thinking was that, you know, a guy like Savage had the outcast was not happened, had the potential to go, like, uh, really deep and possibly yeah. win uh, Survivor Pearl Islands. And so I think his reasoning for that is to prevent, you know, an opportunity being taken away from someone he likes or somebody he might be rooting for mm. uh, to go deep and go way into the jury and possibly yeah. win the game. Because the Outcast twist did spell the end of the game for Andrew Savage. Yeah. And ultimately, in a way, it ended Rupert's game early, too. Yeah, well, Rupert probably didn't need much help ending his own game. <laughs> yeah. To be fair. Well, he's, at that time, he, he was a better player the first season. Yeah, Pearl Islands and All Stars, he was really yeah. good. It, Heroes well, versus All Villains was, is debatable too. To be fair, he did insist on building their hut partially underground. Okay, well, that was the lone <laughs> exception. That was that was the worst. That was Rupert's lowest moment. Yeah, that but, was. Uh, yeah, but other than that, I think he did fine. And then Heroes versus Villains, I mean, he started out okay, and then he got super overbearing. Yeah. But at the same time, he still managed to stay in the Heroes inner circle. Yeah. So I think Heroes versus Villains was a really interesting season, just because 
the heroes dug into their role as heroes so much that they all yeah. ruined their own game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, because they're all like, yeah, we're the heroes. We're going to take the high road. We're going to do things the right way. And they just like, I don't know. They were so annoying. You know how I figured out? I, I figured the end for the heroes was the night Sheree got voted out. Yeah. Uh, because Sheree was the only real level-headed one on that try. Yeah, I love and she, she was a good leader for that alliance. I mean, like, her, James, Amanda, Rupert, yeah. and JT. Mm-hmm. If JT could just stick to an alliance. <laughs> oh, JT. I still think about him giving Russell an idol. That's the funniest thing. Or tipping off uh, Culpepper at Game Changers. Literally Getting Malcolm voted out. The only, like, he, um, Token Chain's amazing. Just wonderful. Great player. He was the first player to Golden play the perfect boy. game. Yeah. He made it all the way to the end. I mean, he, his game, I mean, Jeff Probst even said it. His game and Token Chain's mirrored, like, Tom Westman's game yeah. and pull out. He was athletic when he had to be. Yeah. Social when he needed to be. Had perfect. a great alliance and he knew when to cut it loose. And he swept the jury. Yeah. Like, he was on pace to be the greatest Survivor player ever, but <laughs> giving Russell the idol was the dumbest thing anybody could have ever done. <laughs> Which, I mean, I understand. They had never seen him play because his season hadn't been aired yet, but still, I, I just think it's so funny. Like, why why give an idol to somebody on the opposite Do you remember watching the reunion? No. The, at the reunion, Russell had a laminated copy of the letter that JT wrote him. <laughs> JT took the letter and attempted to throw it into the fire on stage, and then Russell pulled it back at the 11th hour. So, spoiler alert, Russell has that framed in his office. I, I, okay, Russell is hysterical. I do not like his play style at all all but him as a person he is so funny yeah so funny. his twitter kills me i lo- it's great he's also got a podcast the russell hanch show he does i haven't listened to it i've listened to it a handful of times yeah yeah leave it to russell to really go there a lot <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah well he um it's interesting how have you ever heard his story about how he got on survivor mm-hmm. um there's apparently a ring in Louisiana of people who know people and how you can end up on Survivor. Um, take me there. <laughs> it started in yeah. Survivor Fiji when a guy named Kenward Burness, who you may remember as Boo Burness, uh, yeah. was on Survivor mm-hmm. Fiji, made it all the way to the final five. He set the record for most challenges won by a player in a season, 17. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, Boo was amazing that season. It was unbelievable what he could do on challenges. And had he made it to the end, had he not lost to Yao Man at the final five, he probably would be a millionaire. Mm. But um, he anyway, Boo was from Louisiana, Lafayette, and he actually helped James, James Clement, yeah. who we played football with in college, oh. helped him get on the show. And then he ended up recommending Russell to go to casting. And so, in a way, you know, Boo helped James, and then Boo helped Russell, and he also helped uh, Shannon from Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one more person I want to say that he helped get on the show, but I can't remember. But anyway, still, that's that's really cool. But yeah, it was like it was like a chain almost. And, and Boo, to his credit, he actually gave them two memorable castaways in yeah. James and Russell. Oh yeah. Nobody was bigger than James. I love James. Yeah. He's amazing. He did get voted out with two hidden immunity in his pocket, though. I I love that about him. I love 
China. That was such a good season. The season that gave us Courtney. Courtney, James, Amanda. Yeah. Uh, Todd, like liter- literally, like. Yeah, but have China you ever have James. you ever gone and rewatched the final travel council? Like no, Amanda's uh, Amanda's jury management is it's, so it's so grand. Yeah. And I was like, Amanda, why oh. are you saying this? That woman, I loved Amanda. She's but really she would she would never own her game. That was the problem. Yeah, I think if she had stronger um, speech skills, she could have won. But like literally, I love to watch the final tribal councils, and I sit there and I like pause and I answer the question myself. Yeah. And then I unpause and watch their answers, and I was like, no, no, you could have said this. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, I don't know how much the edit messes yeah. up my perception of the game or their own speeches or, you know, but still. Well, if you look at what, you know, Dalton Ross and other Survivor analysts have to say about it, like, you know, the 10 minutes of Tribal Council that we get on our TVs. It's like it's, seven hours for them. That's hours. Yeah. yeah. And so, in some cases, you got to sit there for hours in the rain. Imagine well, that. I mean, to be fair, they would probably be sitting in the rain anyways. Yeah. They do live outdoors. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> but they would have some kind of thing over their head. Yeah, but the nature of the edit has changed. We don't, and it, it may or may not be because they're always going to Fiji now. But yeah. um, we don't see as much of that rain or monsoony weather that we got in all the earlier seasons. Yeah, well, I know wasn't. There was a couple years ago where they had to evacuate them. It's actually happened twice yeah. since they've gone to Fiji. First time it happened was Millennials versus Gen X. They evacuated the whole mm. cast and crew on day two oh, because man. of a cyclone. And then in David versus Goliath, they evacuated <sighs> on day four. So, yes. Yeah, so Fiji has its fair share of cyclones. But for the most part, I mean, all we get is sunshine yeah. all the time. I mean, it kind of, you know takes away from the harsh elements that they used to go up against. Yeah, I wonder, like, I've always been curious how much of it is, like, legal, like, they are legally required to to make sure that they're safe, you know, because, like, they're obviously still responsible for these people's lives. Yeah. So, like, I wonder, I wonder how much is is legal stuff because I know they get more food than they used to and I know like, oh yeah, (laughs) you know, there's several things like that. They typically have access to, like, their ability to fish, like there are fish to be caught, or clams or whatever, as opposed yeah. to in the past when they stuck them in like the desert and were like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, that was the nature of the show back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, it put more emphasis on the survive. element, on the element of surviving. Yeah, you know, being in the bush in Africa yeah. or being on the beach or in more cases or wherever. Yeah, or just. Really harsh landscapes. Guatemala. Yeah. So many bugs. Oh, yeah. So Oof. many bugs. Um, but, yeah, I, I still remember, like, I was going through Borneo not too long ago. Mm-hmm. The original season. Yeah. The season without which there would be no survivor. Exactly. Um, then I remember watching them going out daily fishing. And Richard Hatch, you know, what proved himself a master marksman with the spear. And they were going out and catching other things like eels yeah, and snakes and, and everything. They were eating snakes. They were it's eating crazy. rats. That's unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> I draw the line at rats. They had a joke about that when the first cast came on the Letterman show. They they were doing a top ten list with mm-hmm. the cast of Borneo, and 
it was Jervis's turn. Jervis was number three, and he said, if you carefully prepare a rat meat by seasoning, cleaning, and cooking it, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't... Being on Survivor is one of my dreams, but if they made me eat rat, I would do it, but I, I, I don't think I would love it. I don't think they do many of the gross-out eating they challenges. They don't, and honestly, that kind of disappoints me because those were some of my favorites to watch. They used to be eating, like, I the grubs. I weird things. I still remember Kimmy, Kimmy Kappenberg passing on the cow brain. Oh, yeah, cow brain. They used to eat balut. Yeah. Uh, eyes, like sheep eyes and brain and heart. They ate a pig snout one time. Pig snout. Chicken hearts. Once, yep. Which I've had chicken hearts, and they were actually really good, so... Uh, those Survivor contestants were just a little bit whack for not eating those. Yeah. But but occasionally, yeah, occasionally they would throw in some good stuff. Like I remember the way it worked in Australia. The way it worked in Australia was that they would spin the wheel and whatever it landed on, you had to eat. Mm. And occasionally be something awful like a bug or a heart or a brain or um, liver. Uh, That was another Mm. big one. Um, and then some people got to have an apple slice or Ooh, half of a chocolate bar. How lovely. Yeah. A little dainty snack for your day. Yeah. And I miss I miss the Survivor auction. Oh, me too. It was it was awesome watching so just how much money they were willing to put forward for some oh, food. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, even like when Sari won the, the phone or whatever. Oh, that was Taj. <gasps> Taj, Taj. I, oh, it's, I feel bad. It's easy to get them mixed up. I don't know why. I didn't yeah, but when Taj won the phone call with her husband. I love that moment so much. Esteemed, her husband, by the way, esteemed legendary running back Eddie George. Um, yeah. Just had his jersey retired by the oh. Titans, which is a huge honor in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, they got married. They had three beautiful babies oh. at home. Um, and a lot of people don't remember, but Taj actually had a um, actually had a singing career really? uh, before she came on Survivor. Amazing. She was a part of a music group called uh, SWME, which oh. stands for Sisters with Voices. Nice. Yep. Good they for her. they went on tours and everything. Um, but yeah, she, so she had a little fame and wealth to her credit when she married Eddie George. Yeah. That's really nice. But back to what happened, that was a great moment. And, you know, every, the fact that everybody pulled their money to Taj, that tells you there is some genuine goodness going on Mm -hmm. in the island that the cameras don't always capture. Exactly. Well, to be fair, I understand it's not always like entertaining to watch people just bond. Cause I'm sure at that point in the game. You know everybody there. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. Not well enough to know if they have an idol hidden in their underwear, but well enough to know if they're a good person or not. Yeah. And you also see just how skinny they've become after a month. Yeah. I can't imagine. I gotta show you this picture. Um I follow um I follow a lot of former Survivor castaways on Instagram. Uh one of them is Coach. Ah, Coach. Uh, oh, Coach. Yeah, his Instagram handle, by the way, uh is Dragon Slayer Coach. Amazing. Lean into the role. Yeah, he uh, and uh, this is actually uh, what he looks like. He's, he still looks pretty solid after oh, all these wow. years. Yeah, it's been a while since he played. Last time we saw him was Survivor South Pacific, uh, where he could have won the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I repeat, could have. Could have. His jury management was not the greatest. Yeah. But anyway, here's a picture of him and Taj at Ponderosa. 
just a mere couple days after he had gotten voted out. Aww. So look, look how skinny he is. It's terrifying how skinny. Like he, you can see every single one of his ribs. Yeah, that's after 36 days of yeah. being in Brazil. Man, I want to go to Brazil. Yeah, token jeans, and there's. He's actually been getting a little nostalgic. He shared this picture of from oh, Heroes versus Villains well, Ponderosa. The dragons, they were they they're like starting a band or whatever, right? Yeah, they have a video. <laughs> they're like actually like doing they actually did a song. Yeah, they did a song. Recently. Uh, yeah, Coach, Courtney and JT, they were the first three jury members yes. on Heroes versus Villains. And so they were playing Guitar Hero yep. and started a band. I loved those videos so yeah. much. I'm so happy. They were so into it. I loved it whenever Courtney was talking about the band because she was like, anybody else that gets voted out is just going to be a roadie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you never would have seen join that. join the band. You would never see that. They were three totally different people. <laughs> exactly. And yet they formed a and they were rather like solid band. At each other's throats the entire game too. So <laughs> it's I love it's watching great. the Ponderosa videos because oh. you actually get to see them for who they really are. Yeah. Like I remember the night coach got voted out, Heroes versus Villains. Yeah. Courtney's Courtney called him a freaking lunatic. <laughs> yeah. And when she gets to Ponderosa three days later, she's like, Is that coach? And then she proceeded to call him Coach Alicious. <laughs> Courtney is my role model. I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah. like, not, though. Yeah. I love her wit. She's so funny. So funny. She's so good on the mic, man. Like, I, I love listening to her interviews. Exactly. I would love to see her and, like, Rob Cesarino and Jonathan Petter, <laughs> just, just the three of them together, like, doing a talk show. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be so fun. And my friend Kobe Bloomer and I, he's a huge Survivor fan too. We were talking and we're we're waiting for the day Rob Sester, you know, drops his podcast and say, I'm gonna play a third time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rob. Do it. The smartest man to never win the game. <laughs> exactly. He's the yeah. only person to make flip flopping between alliances work. Play in the outside, man. It's a viable strategy. Yeah. It's underrated. Yep. Yeah. Um if you had to pick a favorite season, what would be your favorite season? Probably Token Jeans. The Token Jeans was good. It had a it had a really good cast. It really did. I think that's why I like it so much. It gave us Coach. It gave us JT. It gave Sierra. us Sierra. It gave us Fishback. Yeah, yeah, Fishback. I forgot about him. I feel bad about that too. Yeah, and Taj. <laughs> um, let's Debbie. See. Debbie. Like literally the whole cast. I, and I just, Tyson. Oh, yeah. How, how did I freaking forget about Tyson? Tyson? The legend. Okay, when I watched Token Jeans, I remember watching it, re-watching it in high school. Watching, I don't know. I don't know how old it was at that point. Anyways, I watched it in high school, and um, I was like, Tyson, he's like so annoying. I hate him so much. He's, I just can't believe they ever cast somebody like him. He needs to go home immediately. And then, like... He came back, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's, like, the funniest person in the world. Why did I dislike him? I'm surprised he and Courtney aren't best friends because they they're so <laughs> alike. Too much wit. Yeah. The world would implode. Yeah. <laughs> I would no love to survive that conversation. I would love to just one day have Tyson on this podcast. Oh, my word. Can you imagine how awesome okay. that would be? Um, I would have to just leave. I think I wouldn't be able to speak. I, I'd just be so... Nervous. Like in star the presence struck. of Tyson, just it would starstruck. Yeah, 
see that's my thing it's like i want to do survivor so badly and then i think about the potential of ever meeting anybody else who's ever been on survivor and well, you like, know i would die if i ever like literally i think i would turn into this that maybe they'd hire me or cast me because i'd be so interesting but they'd put me in tribal council and jeff would look at me and i'd probably just start crying like yeah i would he'd ask me a question i turned to that girl that says cookies what do you oh, ask? Angie. <laughs> I remember yeah, that you one. Have do you remember the try. look on Jeff's face? Yes. He was just. He held that expression for eight seconds. Eight seconds, I counted. Like, he just looks at her in silence and then moves on to Malcolm. How do you respond to that? Like, I, my favorite thing is when Jeff gets flabbergasted or just thrown off guard. Like, like when um, that one dude said he was in love. In oh, I I remember it was he wasn't Candace. It was, it was Cook Islands. It was the guy on Aussie's tribe, yeah. and he said he was in love with Candace. Candace. He completely misunderstood what yeah, Candace said. Yeah, she mouthed that we love you, and he took it as I love you, and he was like, yeah. "I'm in love." And Jeff was like, "With Candace." That's yeah. one of my all-time favorite Survivor moments, in all honesty. Cook Islands was another so great funny. season. Oh, I love Cook Islands. It started controversially because they divided everybody yeah. up by race, but it worked. I think I think Survivor being a social game, that that doing social things can be okay sometimes, even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are lines that should not be crossed, but like... I, I think there are some very interesting takes they could do with Survivor that they haven't done. Yeah. But I'll save those for a different day. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Not on the, not on the first day. Um, but, yeah, anyway, Cook Islands would definitely be in my top ten. Um, but if I had to pick a favorite, it would have to be Heroes vs. Villains. Mm, without a doubt. That's a good season. I mean, it was a collection of 20 giants oh, of yeah. Survivor. Oh, yeah. People have, who had either won or dominated the game at some point. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they, they were such an awesome group. Oh, yeah. They really were. If it had take away one of the male villains and replace him with Richard Hatch, and oh. it would have been a perfect season. Oh, man. I can't imagine seeing Richard. I mean, like, I can't, I'm just trying to imagine, like, Sandra and Richard. That would be amazing. Because I feel like they would either, like, you know, be in alliance and work together okay until the end when they try to flip on each other, or just out of the gate, just, ugh, them, you know? Yeah. So I just think it'd be a really interesting dynamic. Well, Sandra's so smart, but so is Richard. Well, here's the thing. I don't think anybody went into that season predicting that Sandra and Boston Rob were going to have such a great alliance, but they clicked immediately. And had Tyson not messed up and voted for poverty, you know, their alliance would have ruled the game. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. All the interconnections and alliances and relationships between the, like, big characters in the, like, golden age of Survivor. Yeah. How one false move can totally change the game. Oh, yeah. Or even, I mean, like, a conversation, just an innocent conversation four years ago over a poker game can change an entire season's outcome. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. You know, one thing I love about, you know, seeing all the Survivor peeps on Instagram is that occasionally we see them in Orlando. uh, Because every year... 
every year there's this uh, place in Orlando called Give Kids the World Village. It's for children who have um, illnesses. Yeah. Some of them are terminal. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's dedicated to families with these children being able to have dream vacations. Mm. And every year there's a convention that they have, usually at the near the end of summer, called the Hearts of Reality Festival. And every year, survivor castaways are there. Aww. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and every time I see pictures of, like, you know, Johnny Fairplay with Boston Rob, it's just like, oh, my gosh. That's a broken alliance right there. <laughs> Man, there's... I, I would love to see, like, just for fun, the most chaotic individuals together, just being forced to work together or something. Not necessarily, like, an entire... Se- well, an entire season would be great, but, you know... Like, even if it's just just for one day, just seeing all the really, really, really snarky people forced to interact, hmm. just hearing their, Interesting. their professionals. Interesting. I don't know. But imagine how cool that would be, like, going down to Orlando in August, going into Disney World, and running into a castaway. Dude, that'd be amazing. I think about that, okay, I think about that all the time. I'm like... I go to Disney World. What would I do if there was a celebrity right in front of me in line? Like, it's like an hour wait because Pirates of the Caribbean broke down again. <laughs> um, so, and I'm standing right behind, you know, insert name of celebrity. I've probably thought about all of them. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I like sometimes get anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I need, I'm like, okay, I gotta stop thinking about about running into celebrities at Disney World because it's not going to happen. It might, though. It might, and if it does, I'll cry. doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> see, it doesn't, doesn't matter if I'm even a fan of them. I see anybody that's even well-known, and I'm like, ugh, Yeah. <laughs> that's it. But, you know, they're so friendly. They just might give you a hug, oh, and then Danny will cry even more. I, would, I think I'd actually die. I would also maybe ask them, if I had the, the um, gathered person what am i trying to say see i can't even say anything right now um if i could gather myself enough to talk to them to get out a coherent yeah. sentence i might ask them to tell jeff to hire me because mm. mm. jeff doesn't respond to my tweets yeah he doesn't really <laughs> he respond to- no he responds to other people's uh, some, sometimes 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 hasn't responded to mine and i think i'm pretty funny personally yeah. Well, I guess one of these days we're just gonna have to go to open casting yeah. and seeing what I need we can do. To film another audition video. Obviously. Yeah, I do too. I still have never filmed mine actually, mm. but I need to. Yeah. I could actually, you know, make it the best of both worlds. I could film it at Disney World and there maybe just maybe run into a castaway. <laughs> That'd be fun. Just save your video until you meet a castaway eventually, and then just have yeah. them pop in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I was at Disney World and I ran into them. I mean, obviously I'd be excited to see them, but, mm-hmm. you know, a product of being autistic is that you don't really show your emotions very well. So I could mm-hmm. be, like, totally cool and be like, hey, can we get a picture and everything? But on the inside, I'd probably be, like, crying. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, but it would be cool, you know, be in line for, like, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, yeah. and out of nowhere come Boston Rob, Amber, and their four daughters. Oh, my word. Yeah. I love Amber. Yeah. I love their whole family. Their daughters are so cute. They're so cute. They all look like Amber. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, and they all have the same middle name. Oh, it's so cute. 
Yeah. Like, they're so Italian American. They're just so Italian American. And they still live in the same house uh, they moved into when they got married in Pensacola. Oh. After 15 years. Oh, Pensacola. I've been there once. Yeah. I remember watching the special. You can actually find it on YouTube. Robin yeah. Amber Get Married. Uh, oh. It's, it, it's a That's so interesting fun. special to watch. Can you imagine, like... You just want to be on this weird TV show where they're going to leave you on an island for a month and a half or however long. And then you end up deciding to play a second time, meeting the love of your life, getting married, like having kids all like in the spotlight. But like, yeah, at the same time, though, like you're not. Yeah. At the same time, though, they've ruined it for other people to exactly. find love on Survivor. It, well, I mean, it happens. You just don't get... They just don't make a big deal out of it anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, Joe and Sierra yeah. got married. I found an old diary of mine, actually. Yeah. From high school. Um, don't tell me. Early college. Don't tell me. It's a love letter to Joe. No, it's not. But I did think he was really cute, so I definitely wrote that. But no, literally... You and every other girl in America <laughs> okay, thought Joe was amazing. Okay, he's literally 100% my type. The long hair, athletic, laid back eyes. Well, laid, laid back isn't like the top... He just seems like a good person, you know? Yeah, he's always been super nice. good vibes from him. And so, like, I just appreciate that. But no, I found my diary, and literally, like, every Wednesday... It would just be a rundown of the Survivor episode, basically. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> and, but it was nothing in-depth, nothing strategic. It was like, yeah. oh, my word. When Kelly Wigglesworth played the her idol and nine votes were, were disqualified. Or oh, that, I used. <laughs> that was... That was a good moment. That was one of the best idol plays Survivor's ever seen. Home that night. We, that was when... It was amazing. That was... We knew from then on... Wentworth had arrived, and yeah. had she made it to the final three, she probably would have been a millionaire. Oh, it literally that moment. I remember watching that episode, and like my jaw dropped, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "I have to do Survivor too." Do you remember Abby Maria's comments after what happened? No. Do I remember after Savage's torch went out? Uh-huh. Abby Maria said, "At least you made the jury." Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. And I can't remember. I have this thought that Savage gave her the finger, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, no, I think he did. Yeah. I really think he did. <laughs> Unless I'm thinking of somebody else who flipped, which, I mean, it's happened a couple times in Survivor history, so. No, it's happened a lot in Survivor. <laughs> it's happened a few times. Yeah. So there's been some nasty comments thrown here and there. Yeah, there were some, there, there are a lot of nasty stuff see, that gets said on that show. I've always thought that if I played Survivor... And I was privy to some some good information, you know, like yeah. so and so has an idol. I mean, maybe in the moment it would be different, but it's always occurred to me there is nothing stopping them from turning around as they're getting voted out and saying, "Hey, so and so has an idol," and then just ruining somebody's game or setting the whole game into chaos yeah. as you leave. Like if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go out and yeah. I'm gonna b- drag. Everyone down. Yeah, that was something I wanted to ask you. Like, if yeah. you knew somebody who had an idol, what would be your first approach? Work with them oh. or flush well, the idol? Okay, I'd work with them, but if I was getting eliminated, if I was getting voted out, then I would flush the Like, I would I would play fair with my alliance. <laughs> but um, in all honesty, I love some chaos. Yeah. And um, I hope that if I ever do play Survivor, 
nobody that I play it with ever listens to this because I might just be revealing my entire strategy. <laughs> but I I love chaos, and I would. But you like control the chaos. Oh, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> I like chaos when I am not the one in trouble. Yeah. But if I knew I was going down, like, you know, like I'm completely on the outs, like if it's like a Stephanie situation, oh. I'm the only one, and it's the rest of this tribe, I am clearly the one going home, I would not hesitate to ruin every single person's game as much Oof. as possible. Oof. But, you know, I think that makes interesting TV. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeff, <laughs> props if you're listening. Yeah, as time <laughs> goes on, Jeff Probst has gradually gotten more of that producer mindset. Yeah. Where he likes to see the more entertaining, oh, yeah. crazy stuff. You know, I'm not smart, but I am entertaining, so. I don't think I'm smart <laughs> either. Um, I just, okay. I just plan on getting by just because people like listening to me talk. Mm-hmm. Hence why I'm doing this show. <laughs> yeah. I, I see. That's when I when I think about playing Survivor. Part of me is like, I would be like a golden child. I'd be so entertained. Everyone would love me. I'd play the perfect social game. And then I think about it, and I'm like, now nah, they probably get real annoyed by day two. <laughs> well, what's true they on day one? It, what's true on day one is never true on day two. There, there. I mean, that's true. That is true. Yeah. The game changes so fast. Maybe I'd be fine, but yeah, it is. It is like a lot more fast-paced now than it was back when it first oh, came out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think it'd be interesting if they had a season where they just kind of went back to basics, got yeah. rid of all the extra stuff, and just had a basic season of Survivor with no bells, no whistles. Because I think yeah. at this point it'd throw everybody off. That it'd make it interesting again. Yeah, that would be interesting if Jeff Probst, if everybody's together on day one and Jeff Probst says, this season there will be no frilling. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't think he should tell them. I think they should just go into it and expect idols to be hidden, expect twists and advantages, and then there's nothing. But they're also paranoid that there is, that they ruin their own games and other people's games, you know, trying to flush idols, going idol hunting, whatever. Yeah. That would be a cruel irony for something like Island of the Idols. <laughs> kind of like what it should have been like. Yeah, yeah. The, That's a fun noise. Yeah. <laughs> somebody must be... Shooting pardon the interruption, folks, but somebody must be shooting at it, going hunting or something. Um, or target practice, I don't know. Yeah. I live off the grid. We're doing it at my house, so yeah. occasionally you might hear so something like that. So if you hear gunshots, we are not dying. Yeah, and everybody around us is okay. If we die, this okay. podcast won't go up, so... Yeah, we, we, so we're <laughs> needing to be alive right now. Yeah, yeah. We're obviously needed to be alive. Yeah. So. so we're okay, we're okay. Everything's good. Talking about Survivor and why we love it so much. Yeah. And hopefully you all love it as much as we do. Yeah. Um, going back to, um, you know, other seasons that I really, really mm-hmm. like... Um, you know, this past week, the Survivor community was dealt a blow when Cliff Robertson yes. died. Um, Cliff Robertson, you guys may know, um, he was a multi-time NBA All-Star. He played uh, for the Phoenix Suns, uh, among other teams, and he was a player on Survivor Cagayan, which is considered by many to be one of, if not the best season with an original cast. Mm-hmm. Um and keep in mind, it was the first season in a while that they had done 
an all-original cast. Yeah. No returning players. Yeah. In fact, I think it's the only season in the Philippines that doesn't have any returning players at all. It was a freaking good season. It gave Iconic. us Tony. It gave us Tony. Cass. Uh, Spencer. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got Tasha. Um, let's see. Who else Justino. did we get? Wu. Yeah. We also got Jeremiah, LJ, Jeffra, everybody's favorite Southern Belle. <laughs> yes. Um, and the infamous Sarah Blindside, which is one of the greatest tribal councils mm-hmm. ever seen. I remember watching the video, mm-hmm. and somebody put a YouTube comment that was basically breaking down everything that happened. Yeah. It was like, because, you know, Tony's alliance was outnumbered. Yeah. One of them was bound to go. Yeah. And uh, they felt like they had read this, because Tony and LJ give each other idols. They're like, all right, they're going to make this. They're going to survive. First vote. Jeffra. Oh my gosh, they got it wrong. It's over. And then it's five and five. One vote left. Wait a minute. And then it says Sarah. They're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, that's such a good... I love Cass. Chaos I Cass. Love chaos Cass. Like yep. I said, I love some chaos. I love Tony. He's hysterical. Honestly, again, Survivor Crush. Woo. Woo's your Survivor so Crush? One of them. You know, who, you know who mine is? <laughs> who? Michelle. Oh, I love Michelle. I adore her. She, her. She's got one of, if not the best social games anyone yeah. has ever played so on Survivor. Good. Made it to the end twice, earned it both times. Um, yeah. Not to mention, oh, yeah. she is so beautiful. <laughs> she is. My she's gosh. So she's got, like... Remember in All Stars when Sheehan was commenting on Colby, Captain America, with yes, the perfect yes. teeth and everything? <laughs> Michelle is Captain Marvel with the perfect teeth. Like She's beautiful. And not to mention, she broke up with Pete, so she's single. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's doing okay. I imagine Wish she's fine. The best. She can do a lot better than Pete, trust me. <laughs> If you don't know who we're talking about, Pete um, is another former Survivor player. Um, he played on Survivor Philippines, mm-hmm. um, the season that gave us Malcolm mm-hmm. and Denise. Oh, Malcolm, another crush. And um, Pete, uh, he was known to cause trouble on that show. Um, he was the reason Abby Maria and RJ's, RC's yeah. alliance fell apart, because he put the idol clue into RC's bag, and then Ab- Abby Maria accused RC of stealing it. Um, and then that basically crumbled that alliance. And Pete, Pete never really understood the game. I yeah. don't think, even though he lasted 28 days, like he didn't quite understand it. I mean, I think sometimes luck is involved. Yeah, in Survivor. He, a lot of times luck is involved. Well, at least he was honest with himself. Like yeah. he was a villain and he knew it. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Survivor needs villains. I mean, as much. I mean, as good as he and Michelle look together, I'll admit it. They look good together. Mm-hmm. Michelle can do better. Hmm. And I think she will. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking, I just realized every single guy I've said is my survivor crush has long hair because I, I have a problem. And then I was just remi- it reminded me of um, the one guy who's, I think his name was like Vince or something from Blue Collar, White Collar. The, I think this oh, is yeah, I know who you're talking about, my Vince. My favorite survivor quote, I think, of all time. I remember I wrote it down like I text it to my sister randomly still to this day. <laughs> Bet she lost and, that. Yeah. As a coconut vendor, I seek the truth. That is my favorite survivor quote, I think, of all time. As a coconut vendor, I, I seek, seek the, the truth. truth. 
<laughs> he just says it's so mellow. He's just sitting on the beach. I might, it might have. I think it might have been from one of his like pre-game interviews. Yeah. Or like opening episode, if anything. Like, but it's just such a good moment. Yeah, if only Vince got along with Joe. <laughs> oh, or Jen. Yeah. Or anybody. He was kind of creepy, honestly. Yeah. But he, that quote he didn't was last a good long. quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the no-collar tribe was pretty dysfunctional from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you. I mean, Jeff kind of hit the nail on the head with Haley. You remember Haley? I, Haley was my winner pick that season. I love her. Yeah. she's one of my favorites. He said the problem with Haley was that she adopted the no-collar attitude, and yeah. it cost her the game. I think she has a lot of potential, but I think maybe Survivor isn't the game for her. Hmm, I think maybe I wonder if she would do better in like a Big Brother type situation. She could. She's I'm a great. Curious. She's a great talker. Yeah, I feel like she 100% could win. Like 100%. I don't know. I just have this gut feeling. Like she's so smart. She's so like lawyer. She's she's so good at social stuff. And I don't know what. It, I don't really know where. I think she just got indecisive or something. I don't know. I feel like she lost confidence in herself. I, think she, I don't know. I'm reading too much what, into it. That's usually what happened. I mean, she both times she played, she was the first member of the jury. Yeah, which she didn't deserve, but that's a yeah. conversation for a different day. <laughs> yeah. There will be a lot of survivor conversations <laughs> coming up on this yes. show, trust me. Uh, but um, we, as I said, we got a lot of other topics to go over as well. I mean, we're obviously huge Disney nerds. Um, mm-hmm. We follow the movies. We follow the music and the TV. And video and, games. And the games in general. Yeah. Um, that's why we came up with that for the name of the show. It is the social game. Yeah. Yes, it's an entendre of the way to play Survivor, and it's also kind of our way of life. Yeah. Life is a social game yeah. for our amusement. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I came up with that immediately. I'm so proud. <laughs> I I'm such a great improviser. I could be I could be doing improvisational comedy uh, if the comedy theaters were opening. I I've done improv a couple times. It's really fun, a lot harder than you think. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it's hard and but I also imagine it really fun. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's embarrassing but fun. Yeah, it is embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think back to when I took acting class in my first semester mm-hmm. at Winthrop, and you have to be well out of your comfort zone to take an acting class oh, at yeah. Winthrop because you have to be on your feet. You've got warm-ups to do. You've got lines to read. Dude. You've got acting exercises. One of my classes, um, one of my theater classes at school, we had to wear masks, and then our teacher would be like, touch five cold things in the room. And each time you touch something cold, um, act like you've never seen it before, or something like that. And so we were all, there's like 13 students wearing these creepy white masks, we're all in black, we've got like hoods on, and we're wandering around this basement theater room just touching everything. Mm-hmm. Theater classes are weird, but they're fun. Yeah, they are fun. But yeah. I wish I could take more of them. <laughs> I really wish I could. Um, but yeah, we got a lot more coming up on this podcast do. down the line. We yeah. thank you for taking the time and the hour to pay attention to us being our normal geeky selves. Um, yeah, thank you. There's plenty more where this came from, but come up, come join us next time for the next round of the social game. Yeah.